Waiting for you to start talking. Sorry. Like, what's happening? Wine is mm -hmm. what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, this is Ben's bedtime stories, and I'm going to start by apologising because, for some reason, um, not last week's episode, but the one before, it didn't actually record, which was a shame because it was a great story. Um, if you are in the Facebook group, go and watch the forensic files on it. It's 20 minutes, you're not going to regret it. That was the story that you would have heard. And I got a lot of the scientific stuff wrong, so that'll explain it to you, Belle. Um, the one I'm going to tell you this week, Ben, is because it made me think of when we were talking about the fact that I'd read the book Room, and you said, oh, that's based on, like, Fritzl. So I decided that that was boring, because everyone knows who Fritzl is. Um, so we're going to do a different one. Um, it's a lot worse. Okay. So, are you ready for your bedtime story? Born ready. Okay. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, so um, this is about someone called Gary Heidnick. Ever heard of him? I've heard the name, yeah. I don't know if it's just because it's you've been watching something. Like I don't, I don't know as though I'd been able to like. I, I don't know. To be okay. honest with you, I don't know anything anymore. Any. <laughs> I'm very severely sunstroked. <laughs> <laughs> any assumptions you have, or anything that you think, oh yeah, oh, like, just. Don't guess anything. I'll tell you at the end. This is where you probably know this from. Okay, so Gary is born, uh, 1943 in Cleveland, Ohio. 19 what, three, sorry? 1943. 43, okay. Um, he has got a younger brother called Terry. Parents um, divorced when he's two or three. Um, his mum raises him for a couple of years and then he goes to live with his dad and his stepmom. Um, his dad was an alcoholic and emotionally abused him. Gary was a long-term bedwetter which if you don't know there's like a triad of things you want to look out for when it comes to serial killers and a lot of them are bedwetters okay so there we go um his dad like in their youth or just in general in their youth um so his dad's way of trying to deal with this problem was he would hang out his stained bed sheets for the neighbours to see so that it would humiliate him um that doesn't work like just mm, yeah don't do that so at school he was a bit of a loner um because everybody knew him as the bedwetty kid I guess so I mean I still remember the name of the girl that had I'm not going to say her name but <laughs> I still remember the girl that had pooey pants that swim in like years ago and that's all she's ever known for and sometimes my sister finds her on Facebook or comes across her through a friend of a friend of a friend and is like ah it's pooey girl and me and my sister weren't even in the same year so kids are mean uh, he doesn't make eye contact with anyone which makes me think that he's probably on the spectrum 
Um, he once yelled at a teacher. He's, he's quite aggressive. And when the teacher said, where's your homework, Gary? He said, um, you're not worthy enough to talk to me. Um, so he's just an arsehole from the beginning. Um, he, another one of the triad, is head injury because we know head injuries cause brain damage and that causes people to go psycho. Um, he fell out of a tree as a kid and his head changed shape and he was teased for it because he had like a um, weird shaped head. But, okay, you'll probably know this he, better than I do. He had an IQ of 148. Is that good or bad? I think that's pretty high. Okay, so he's quite clever. At 14, his dad enrolls him in the military academy. He joins the army at 17. He did really well and he trained as uh, a medic and got transferred to a surgical hospital for the army in Germany, which he didn't really like, um, but he was there for a bit. So he starts complaining of headaches, dizziness, dizziness, dizziness. Nausea, blurred vision. The do uh, he gets a diagnosis from the neurologist as gastroenteritis, which is not the right thing because that's stomach flu. Um, and then they actually think, oh yeah, okay, you haven't got flu. You've actually got symptoms of a mental illness. So they give him triflu, which, <laughs> which is an antipsychotic med that they use to treat schizophrenia. Which Triflu Ah, okay. That one. Yeah, the triflu Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Or it's used for generalised anxiety well. disorders. Um, later that year, he is transferred to the military hospital in Philadelphia and he's diagnosed with schizoid personality disorder and he is honourably discharged from the military with a full military like pension. Pension. Yeah. Um, so he's pretty set. Then. Yeah, he's. Yeah. <sighs> If only he was. He becomes a nurse and gets a job at a hospital, but he's fired for poor attendance and being rude to patients. Um, oh, that dog's distracting me. So, in 1970, his mum, who's also an alcoholic by this point, she has bone cancer and she commits suicide by mercuric chloride. I don't know what that is. I wonder if that's just, you know, like what we know is mercury. Mm. But I don't... Yeah. Mercury and chlorine? Maybe she... I don't know. Nicks her son's thermometer and snaps it in half and drinks it. I don't know. Possibly. But something like that. He decides to start his own church... What, just like immediately afterwards? Red flags everywhere. Um, yeah, sometime after. Which he calls the United Church of the Ministers of God. <laughs> Based on... I don't know, why do they always have to have weird weird names? Like overly the... elaborate names as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he has been hanging around, though, and making friends with... Um, Patients from a, and I'm not using this word, this is a word that they called this place, an institute for the mentally retarded. Um, and he hangs around there a lot and makes friends with the patients. I mean, I don't know how. That's not where he works, but that's where he makes his friends. And um, a lot of his members of his church are um, inpatients from this place. 
He also opens a bank account under the church's name and starts investing in stocks. And he turns $1,500 into half a million. Ah, like all good churches. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He buys a Rolls... Fully in it for the community. Absolutely. He buys a Rolls Royce, um, a Cadillac. He has a customised van and a brand new house. Like all those other mega churches in America that have lots of money, they also have very posh ministers. However, he is in and out of mental hospitals over the years um, and he also gets into a lot of trouble. He gets done for things like uh, carrying an unlicensed pistol. He's threatens people with guns when he gets angry and is in and out of hospital. He's so just... he becomes like a church gangster, basically. Yeah, yeah. Why does he have unlicensed guns as well when he's like ex-military? Surely it should have been so easy for him to get a license. Because if he's been let go from, well, like discharged from the military for being, having schizoid personality disorder, they're probably not going to let him have a firearm. That would explain why it's probably unlicensed. I I mean, you're right, probably right, but Mm. I do feel like you're giving them a little bit too much credit because you can't get Kindregs in America at certain shops, but you can get guns. Yeah, true. So, are you ready for it to go downhill even more than it already has? 1978. It's pretty high right now. It's not downhill, it's uphill. Well, I mean, it's a bit all over the place. He's, he's, he, he could be set, but he's risking a lot by just... Mm. So, he starts dating a mentally challenged woman called Anjanette, I think. Um, they have a daughter. They go and visit Anjanette's sister... Alberta, who lives in a mental home, they sign her out on a day pass and she never comes back. So the staff get the police involved and investigate and they find Alberta chained in Gary's basement. She's been raped, sodomized and she's contracted gonorrhea. Wow. He is charged and sentenced to three to seven years. What? And yeah, yeah. Um, and he serves three years, four months. Because... <laughs> because fuck logic. Yeah. Because why help people... People get more have... for that for armed robbery, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, not that armed robbery is great. No. But, you know. I mean... Okay. <sighs> Makes me so angry. He then, literally, the day he gets out, signs up for a mail-order bride service. And he starts speaking to a 22-year-old Filipino woman called Betty... He tells her how much of a great guy he is and he's this minister and has this church and he's really rich. Um, so they write together for two years and convinces her to fly to Philadelphia to marry him. So she does. Everything <laughs> goes great for a week. Oh. <laughs> she returns home one day after being, going shopping and she finds Gary in bed with three other women. She <laughs> freaks out and is like, what the fuck? And he's like, Come and join us. <laughs> Casual you like. Come on, hop, in, hop on in. Um, she so obviously... honey, I knew I said I was going to golf. But... <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> there is some kind of whole pun related joke there, but I can't find it. <laughs> Instead of 18 holes, I've just set up for three. There you no, go. No, well, six. Oh! Nine? <laughs> Nine? <laughs> oh, God. So, parts of my psyche now. 
<laughs> um, 12? <laughs> no. What are you counting there? Ears? <laughs> yeah, but I did bad maths. Because <laughs> they'll have two ears, won't they? <laughs> no, I just like the one ear. <laughs> I'm a strictly right ear kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it goes a bit downhill for their marriage. He beats her a lot. He brings home a lot of women that he has sex with in front of her. Um, she turns to the Filipino community in Philadelphia um, and they help her to leave him. So she confronts him and says, do you know what, I've had enough of this shit. I'm sick of coming home, finding these random women in my bed. It's not cool. I'm going. Um, so he beats her and rapes her. So four days later, she says, hey, I'm just going to go out to the shops for a bit. Back in a bit. She goes and doesn't come back and he never finds her again. So she's safe. She's Yay. away. That's good. <laughs> um, he is arrested for spousal rape, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse and domestic abuse. Um, Wait, what's it? Hang on. Read that, that crib sheet again. Involuntary deviant sexual intercourse. Is that not just rape? Because that's how... Yeah. I don't know. I didn't, didn't look involuntary it up. sexual intercourse is rape, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, any kind of rape is deviant. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, like, you know, well-intentioned rape, is there? No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Didn't know. Didn't care to look it up. Didn't bother. I guess there's, like, statutory. It's not, like... It's not necessarily involuntary, is it? Or, like... Well, like, oh, rape's involuntary. No, but as in statutory, like they, they oh, might have like, wanted mm, to, but yeah. obviously the law decides that they can't. They are not consent, old enough to make that decision. Yeah, that's good. A bit different, but um, uh, right, frustrating bit. So he's been on parole, obviously, for um, kidnapping his sister-in-law and chaining up in the basement and all that. Lovely. However, the parole period ended the day before that these, these charges got filed. Um, she doesn't show up to court, but he doesn't because she's is out of there and she's quite happy being far away. So the case is dropped. Ugh. How fucking frustrating. Yeah. Although you can kind of understand her not wanting to see him again. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there should, there should just be... Do you know what? There shouldn't be a parole period. It should be... You've chained someone up and raped them. If you ever do this again... That's it. You're going straight back. There shouldn't be... Like with these statute of limitations things you always hear about. Like, no. If you've done it, you've done it. And you should still be punished for it. Yeah, like, if there's enough evidence to take it to court, it doesn't matter if she wants to, like, mm. go through with the conviction or anything like that. Like, just take it to court anyway, you know. Fucking just... Yeah. I mean, he's done it before, so... He's capable of doing it again. Okay, so 1986, he picks up um, sex worker Josefina Rivera um, and she sees he has a nice house and nice cars and he's like a, you know, well-off guy. So he must be okay. He must be a nice guy. Um, and he pulls out of his pocket half of a key and he says to her, the other half is in the door already. So I'm the only person who can get in through this door. Red flags everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, they go upstairs and have sex, and when she's getting dressed, he comes up behind her and chokes her, 
Um, she said she manages to get him off and says, "Look, I'll do anything you want. Just please don't hurt me." Um, so he says, "Right, get on your hands and knees." He cuffs her hands and leads her down to the basement. And this basement is vile. It is filthy. There's concrete floor. There's exposed pipes. There's a dirty mattress on the floor. And there's some plywood on one side of the floor. Um, so he chains her to the pipes by her wrist and puts his head in her lap and goes to sleep. He's what? probably He's probably quite tired. He's had a a busy day chaining people to things mm -hmm. she at some point drifts off to sleep as well when she wakes up he's gone um, and the plywood has been moved from the floor and there is a pit underneath where that plywood was like a dugout hole oh uh, I think this is why you said to me to not make any assumptions yeah, yeah. right okay. okay keep that in your head so he comes in with some food and water and explains to her his plan. He is going to kidnap 10 women. He is going to impregnate them all and start his own family. Because he is nothing but a genuine family man. Top guy. Mm -hmm. Top fucking banana. So, um, he goes off and she lifts herself up further up the pipe and pushes open the basement window and she screams and screams and screams and nobody can hear her but Gary and he comes back and he tells her you are not getting out of here so stop trying and he unchains her and puts her in the pit which is just big enough to fit her in covers it with plywood and put bags of soil on top so it's weighted down and she can't get out um, he turns up the radio onto like the heavy metal station, turns it up really loud and leaves. So she can't be heard even if she's screaming. Um, she wakes up the next day and she hears the sound of a woman talking and chains. Um, he takes her out of the pit, um, stands her up and he has got half naked mentally challenged woman with him so he's brought a second girl down and he introduces them both to each other oh um josephina this is sandy sandy josephina there you are because he's polite <laughs> <laughs> um sandy met gary at this institute for the mentally retarded so he was already eyeing up who he wanted when he was leering around there making friends um, he chains them both to the wall. The next morning, um, they hear the door go. It's Sandy's sister who's looking for her. Um, because through friend of a friend, um, you know, Sandy's sister's been like, well, she didn't come home last night. I'm really worried. Where is she? And someone said, oh, yeah, she probably went to Gary's because she's friends with him. So I turned up there and tried looking for her. So at this point... Um, Gary makes Sandy write letters to her mum saying she's ran away. Don't worry about me. I'll catch you later when I... whatever. Um, and he drives to New York to send the letters from New York to Philadelphia. So they've got the postal mark on it. So it looks like she's run off to New York. Right. Um, the mum, however, doesn't believe that. Um, because she says, no, she wouldn't run away. 
and the police do nothing because why would they? Um, it's also important to point out here that all of the women that he kidnaps are black women and this was at a time when if you were like black or mentally ill or a sex worker or someone that was deemed not pretty blonde white you know from a rich background then you were like less important so they didn't really care which is gross three days before christmas gary decides he doesn't need to go christmas shopping because who would he buy for um he decides to pick up a 19 year old girl called lisa thomas instead she's really impressed by his car and he <laughs> charms her and are you listening i am i'm laughing at the fact that she was impressed by his car oh yeah you weren't were you I- I was listening, Andrea. Okay. I was just clearing some <laughs> notifications on my phone. You have to be so sensitive and then bring this to the podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, so he says to her, let's go to Atlantic City and I'll give you some money. Go and get some new clothes. It'll be great. So he wins her over. And he says, tell you what, let's go to my house. We'll watch some films and we'll have a few drinks. So she does. She goes back to his house and has a few glasses of wine and ends up falling asleep. She wakes up on the sofa and he's raping her. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Date she... rape. Huh? Date rape. I Quite don't know. Deep. I didn't say. She might have just had a few glasses of wine and just fancied a nap. Uh, so, yeah, she gets up to put her clothes on and he comes up behind her, similar, chokes her. Cuffs her, takes her to the basement. Um, he pulls off the plywood and Lisa sees in the pit Josephina and Sandy, they've not escaped. So she's like, oh shit, I'm in trouble. Five days later, he brings Deborah Dudley, another mentally challenged woman, and she is not having his shit. She is fighting and kicking and screaming the entire way. She is not going to go easily. Um, he then brings back another girl called Agnes so there is one, two, three, four, five women now in the basement and he sort of has to every time he brings a new one down he has to dig a bit more out of his pit to make a bigger pit to keep fitting all these women in I know it's kind of not the point but is he feeding all these women? yeah so he must have a hell of a food shopping bill so one of the podcasts that I was listening to about this they said that um, sometimes he would like not feed them for days and then sometimes he'd bring them a bit of food and then other times he'd bring them down things like a Chinese takeaway and a bottle of champagne. He would just totally head fuck with them. They they didn't know what was coming next. Um, so, Ben, do me a favour. Shut that curtain because the dog's licking the window and scratching the mic. It's fine, we can move together. Look. Right, hang on, oh. actually, no, let's not. Okay. Can you keep speaking? I'll take the mic off. I'll go and say, deal with that's gonna, that's going to hit far too close to what happens to some of these girls in a minute. <laughs> there we go. So, he starts to get quite manipulative with all these girls. Um, if... Deborah fights back, um, then he beats her up and then beats the others. Um, 
with uh, like a 2x4 bit of wood. He decides to like beat them up with that. Um, the girls will start fighting Deborah because she's getting them beat up because she's stepping out of line. So they're all fighting amongst each other as well. Yeah, as if to just be like, shut up. Yeah, like fucking behave. Um, he... Oh, that's fucking sad, isn't it? When you're like that broken down. Yeah. Um, we're not even at the worst bit yet. He makes them all have sex in front of him so he can watch them. Um, and he sometimes would like leave this bit of wood on the floor and go to one of the girls, right, well, you're in charge. So if anyone misbehaves, you've got to beat them. Um, and if he would come back and nobody was beaten up, then he would beat all of them because he's like, somebody needs to be beaten up. So they just had to like ration out beatings if nobody was misbehaving. Pretty like, much. They presumably had to just be like, right, okay, today's your day because it's Wednesday. Yeah. Um, Why does this stuff fascinate you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, right. Okay, look, I'm not the only one. So, let me just check. Hmm, I've put another name there, but I don't know if that means there's another girl or whatever. Jacqueline something I've put. Maybe that means he brings another one down. I should have written this note more clearly. Okay, so one day, um, Sandra, have we had that name yet? Yes. Okay, she gets caught trying to move the plywood off the top of the pit. Um, so he cuffs her by one wrist to the ceiling pipe and he leaves her there for days. Um, and he's getting, I mean, he's already got a, the mental disorder anyway, but he's getting increasingly paranoid and worried and... He's constantly thinking that they are they are plotting to escape and plotting against him. Um, so, um, at one point when he thinks that they're trying to escape, he puts duct tape over their mouths, chains them up, and he... Are you ready for this? Forces screwdrivers in their ears whilst they're chained up because he tries to deafen them. So he thinks if they're all deaf, they can't communicate and therefore they can't plot against him. Because writing doesn't exist. Mind you, I don't imagine well, they've got an abundance of pen and paper, have they? No, no. <laughs> Sorry, um, girls, you can't have your freedom, but here are some good art supplies. <laughs> here is a pucker notepad that I picked up at Asda for £3. Oh, and I've got a big old... Walmart, wouldn't it, over there? Uh, I've got a big old <laughs> box of pens. I mean, to be fair, I've stolen from the office, but, you know, you know knock yourselves out. It's got to be boring down here. <laughs> and whoever does the least writing today gets a beating. <laughs> and literally, knock yourselves out. <laughs> um, so, Sandra's still cuffed by one wrist and she's getting really ill. She's getting a fever, she's getting sick. Um, and the girls are like, look, you really need to get her down. You can't leave her there. She's, she's not well. And he's like, no, she's fine. She's just pregnant. Right. Um, at one point, she loses consciousness and the girls are really having at him, saying, like, you've got to take her down. Um, so he does. He uncuffs the chain. She falls to the floor and he kicks her into the pit. Oh, lovely. Um, and she's dead. He takes the body with him back upstairs into the rest of the house and the girls are all in the pit and they start to hear a power saw. 
And then over the next few days, not only do the girls notice it, but the neighbours in the surrounding area notice a really bad smell, so they call the police. Um, and when the police turn up to Gary's house, he says, oh, that, I burnt a roast dinner. And they say... Sounds believable. Perfectly fine. On your way, sir. That's what the police say, and they go. Fuck off. <laughs> so, at this point, he chains all the girls together, um, which is what I meant by us with this dual microphone thing when you were going to move, that we would have both had to have moved. They're well, all it was chained. going to be like curtain-related. How innocent am I? <laughs> no. <laughs> They're uh, all chained together by these metal handcuffs, um, and he strips an extension cord runs the wire through all of their chains and electrocutes them. Um, one day Deborah defies him again, so she is taken upstairs. Um, and when she returns later on, she is absolutely shit terrified. And the girls get out of her. They're like, what, what happened up there? Um, and they find out that she was taken into the kitchen. Gary sat her down and put this big pot in front of her. He took the lid off and Sandra's head was in it. So, Deborah fights him again one day. Um, he puts her in the pit, chucks loads of water in the pit, electrocutes her and kills her. Charming. Mm -hmm. So, Josephina, the first girl, she is screwdrivers or not she's plotting away on her own in her head and she is thinking i've got to get out of her um she's playing along trying to win his trust she acts like she hates the other girls and that she really likes him and that she'd do anything to please him um he makes josephina sign a letter saying that she's taking responsibility for killing deborah um which makes gary think yes got her under my control she's going to do as she's told because i've got this leverage over her um, she manages to convince Gary, look, I want to go visit my family, but whilst I'm there, I promise I'll bring you back a new girl, which good old family man Gary cannot resist. So he says, that's a good idea. And also I have this letter that you've wrote, so you're not going to do anything to disobey me because, you know, you'll be in trouble. So he drops off at her apartment and he goes down the road to the petrol station to wait for her. Um, Josephine's boyfriend is at her apartment. She's been gone four months by this point and she like runs in and she's screaming and going crazy and she's like, oh my God, I've been kidnapped and in a basement of chains and all this. And he's like, are you on drugs? Right, because that's... I that mean, would it, be it, your reaction. Like, but you'd surely be able to tell. Yeah. Like, it's only when she goes, look, look at these marks on my wrist and all these bruises from where I've been beaten. He's like, oh, yeah, maybe you're right. But yeah, it does seem a little bit out of left field, doesn't it? So you would be like a bit, uh, shut up, man. What the, what are you on about? Would you? Would you not be like, oh my God, you've been gone four months. Where the hell have you been? What's happened? Are you okay? But you wouldn't know they'd been gone four months. And, uh, when you... He does know that. They obviously lived together. He was in the apartment. Right, well, that's a weird reaction. That is a weird reaction. Sorry, I thought you meant the police. No, 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 like no, no, no. Her boyfriend. Um, so he calls the police, tells them what's happened. They turn up. Eventually. Uh-huh. And the police say, you're crazy. <laughs> this didn't happen. Because 
fucking... Um, and she's like, look at these marks on my body. Will you fucking listen? And they're okay, yeah, okay, you might be telling the truth here. So they go down to the petrol station where Gary's still waiting and they arrest him. Um, they go to his house where, remember, they can't get in the door because there's like half a key that's already jammed in the door. Um, so March 27th at five in the morning, they break down his door. They go in the basement. They find Jacqueline. They find Lisa. They're naked, chained to the ceiling pipe. And underneath the plywood, they find Agnes in the water. They find human ribs in the oven in the kitchen. They find a forearm in the fridge. And he is convicted on two first-degree murder charges, five counts oh, of rape. Oh, fucking hell. Right, one second. Just welcome to the Evie section of the podcast. Evie! She decides to get involved by telling you how much she hates the neighbour's cat. Leave the cats alone. Right, that's it. You can stay there. Two charges of first degree murder, five counts of rape, six counts of kidnapping, and four counts of aggravated assault. If you stop sniffing. He, um, first of all, tries to claim, he's like, um, those girls were already in that house when I moved in. <laughs> that weren't me. And I was totally okay with it, you know. <laughs> I just thought, I'd, I'd, you know, I didn't really have room for them in their house. So I just dug a just, bit of a pit yeah, and I, just I mean, I took them champagne room. and shit. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I'm a great guy. So, uh... I had the... a church, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a good guy. I have a church. Um, so, the defence, when they get to court, um, they try to plead insanity. And they also try to claim that Josephina, the first girl, was his accomplice. And, um, actually, this was all her idea. And the judge, who's a really the fucking smartest guy out of this entire story, because they're all dicks. He knew what he was doing. And they're like, Ian, what can God, something fucked in his head, surely? I don't know. I didn't look this up. I wasn't interested in that. I was interested in when they were going to fry this fucker. Okay, fair Okay, so. Feared Needham. Exactly. 6th of July, 99. He is killed by lethal injection. Um, He was the last person... They didn't fry him. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, they didn't do that. They jabbed him. Um, He was the last person to be executed in Philadelphia, I think. Um, And nobody claimed his body, which I think is great. Because he was a dick. And nobody wanted him. And can you guess where you think you might remember this from, man? See, I 
think I remember saying that it reminded me of um, the Hannibal thing, and you're like, no, but it's that Mind Hunter thing, isn't it? No, it's not Mind Hunter. That was BTK. All oh, right, okay. Um, Gary Heidnick is the inspiration for the scene with Buffalo ha- Bill in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, okay. You know where the girl's in the pit yeah, and he turns he up the loud music to cover her voice? In one of the Hannibal films as well, he, um, the the bad guy, like obviously not Hannibal, but like you know the, the murder that they're after in that particular uh, film, mm-hmm. um, he's he befriends someone, doesn't he? But obviously she's not like mentally oh, retarded. Um, she's blind. Yes, Red Dragon. So maybe they took a bit of inspiration from that as well. Maybe. But yeah, um, and that is the diabolical story of uh, Gary Hardnick. So, I mean, you say I'm gross for being interested in this stuff, but you like Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it's fictional. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly not, because well, it was yeah, based on a real not. story. <laughs> But, I mean, there's quite a few that uh, Buffalo Bill was based on, like Ed Gein and... I can't think off the top of my head right now. A few others. But, yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, yes. It's, it's a, I mean, I just... It's oh. gross, isn't it? It's awful. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Interesting story. Uh-huh. Um... Happy thing this week? Um, football is oh. back properly. Sunday league football. Back out with the lads. Just. I didn't specify happy and interesting. Dickhead. <laughs> Imagine if I did that on yours. <laughs> you know. I don't get invited onto your podcast. No, I don't mean your <laughs> podcast, you knobhead. I mean your, like, your happy thought. I uh-huh. just pissed all over it like you just did. Do you know what? Okay. I'm not interested in happy thought. I don't have a happy thought this week, so it's fine. Good. (laughs) I was just winding you up. (laughs) Yeah, well, it worked. Evidently. (laughs) (laughs) It was really nice in my happy thought for you last week as well. I know you were. You were extra lovely. Fuck you. Won't bother next time. (laughs) And you have got a happy thought as well. Huh? You have got a happy thought as well. Have I? Yeah, your roller skates turned up. Oh, yeah, that's true. But let's not talk about that just yet because I'm not good at it. So? You don't have to be good at something to be able to talk about it. <laughs> I am not good at fact collecting <laughs> for these podcasts. Exactly. And you still talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> That's true. Look at this dog. And pronouncing psycho drugs that they were using. Yeah, I can't do that. Look at her. I'm holding on to her so tightly so she doesn't run off and go lick the window and bark again. I feel like this is a, a, an internal thought. <laughs> She's just stuck here now. She's not moving. Evie. Go on, tell me a happy thought, Ben. Talk about football. Doesn't matter. Pissed me off. <laughs> not even happy about it anymore. <laughs> no? We all done? Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Oh, so, um, no, um, yeah, ah. just generally, like, just the football being back and being able to put back on a kit and meet up with the lads and have that feeling of when, like, you're getting involved in the games and the camaraderie and everything like that, just 
and that sense of normality like it wasn't completely normal we went to a club today and the, the club we were playing against they've got their own clubhouse and everything like that and we still had to get changed from the side of the pitch because they're not opening the changing rooms because of covid because of social distancing although they're opening the showers for three people at a time to go in a shower after the game but they're not opening changing rooms oi, oi. and the showers are in the changing rooms so I don't know why three of us couldn't have just gone in at a time to get changed. However, everything, you know, it's just, it, it was a, a much needed dose of normality. Um, Did you shower with? Sorry? Did you shower with? You don't shower with them. There's separate showers. <laughs> That's why it's three at a time. Oh, okay. I figured you were all just like, you know. I mean, no, that, that happens in some clubs. <laughs> it, oh. My club's not like that particularly. Now, we... Uh, all sat on the grassy hill and they've got like a little club bar there so I had a little bottle of Stella that's cute yeah that's what I did happy thought very nice <laughs> had a shower with the boys having a Stella I didn't have a shower I'm with the boys I'm all set put my feet in your face in a minute see if I showered with the boys <laughs> right your happy thought go you've got um, a happy thought this week you've done stuff yeah I bought a pair of roller skates because I'm going to learn how to roller skate and I have not dared to take them outside yet because um, I don't have any knee pads or elbow pads and I know I'll hurt myself and fall over. So I'm sticking to indoors at the minute and will hopefully brave the outside when I feel confident enough. But the point is, you wanted to do something. Yeah. you got to be in your bonnet, as you often do. I do, I do get obsessed with things. And you decided and you took a plunge and you went for it and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. How long it will be a good thing for? <laughs> well, remains to be seen. I have them now though. It's not like ice skating where you like go once a year at Christmas. So I can sort of do it as and when I want, which is good. You might be better as well. Well, that's at the ice plan. skating. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I should risk that again. But yeah. Ah, oh, I think that's all, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you haven't. Go on the Facebook group. Not that I really post much. The occasional meme. But we share all the new episodes there so you can find them. I'm really sorry again about the one that didn't work. But go watch Forensic File and let me know what you think of it. And she has posted about that as well. I have. So. Yeah. So. Go do it. Ready for a professional goodbye, Ben? One, two, three. Fuck off. (laughs)